Hello everybody and welcome back to the Resurrected A Winner's You podcast. As ever, my name is David and I'm sitting seven miles across from Mr. Alex Aldridge. How are you doing today, Alex? Ahoy hoy! Um, as I explained to you earlier, I'm in a lot of pain this afternoon because of physio, because of video games, because my posture. <laughs> <laughs> because, just piece that together in any order you want and you'll figure it because out because you overexerted yourself lying in bed yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and that i've just had a message come through on my laptop that says skull and bones has been delayed again <laughs> what oh, is it that's <laughs> never coming happen? out what is it because i'm on a game it just came from games radar why are they talking to me right now i, I have love that, that open. i love that we've played that game and it's maybe never going to come out yeah yeah that's like a We've got a secret vault of knowledge in the back of our minds that of this terrible, terrible game. Christ Almighty, <laughs> rubbish! It's, a... <laughs> it's like it's somebody awful. that company was just like, we're really shite at making anything other than that one ship thing. Everybody likes. Should we just do that? And then, and then, just as they, they start playing it, Sea of Thieves comes along and absolutely <laughs> rains in their parade. Yeah, and then they also realise that there's nothing to a game that's just the ship bits from the Assassin's Creed. Oh, 4. it's so bad. Oh, it's just no fun whatsoever. Don't bring it out, guys. Don't bring it out. Yeah, just leave yeah. it. There's no point delaying something that nobody wants. I've got a skull and bones uh, flag somewhere in this oh, yeah. room. <laughs> Did we get shirts for it as well? I don't think I've got a shirt for it. Oh, okay. Am I, am I wearing a Gamescom shirt at the moment? I am. I've got my Xbox one on. What? My you got Xbox an Xbox one? T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a big Xbox and wait, you can't see it. Yeah, it's got a big Xbox in the back as well. I never got that. You got a Twitch one and threw it back into the crowd. Oh, that's where you got that from. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I'm such an arsehole. Look how yeah. elitist I was trying to be. Yeah, <laughs> what this Twitch merch. Get Actually, Twitch had some good tech, man. That was. Yeah. It was almost like one to one streaming. There was basically no delay. Twitch upped their game because of. Because of that's a, mixer. Yeah. Did I say Twitch or Mixer? Anyway, you had a Mixer one. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, of course. It was the Microsoft yeah, that's guy right. throwing out his t-shirts to all the groupies. Yeah. Yeah. And you got an Xbox one. Yeah, that's cool. I got a lanyard, but I think you got that as well, because that was from the Games Pass like, booth. I do have a lanyard going about somewhere, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I've, do you know what else I've still got? Well, while we're on this topic, stuck to my to my desk tidy my smash brothers pin badge <laughs> very nice i think i've still um, got i've still got those weird maybe i threw them out but I, for a long time i still had those weird little like bobblehead saints row three things we got from the very first Eurogamer expo we went oh to. i've still got or at least i did still had um the i had a hitman one yeah i've still got that it's just over there that was cool um, yeah, Agent 47. What other weird things? Oh, I've got a, a newspaper that they had made for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. in German. I remember that. That, was, that yeah. was actually a really cool set at Gamescom, wasn't it? It was all like a New yeah. York sort of yeah. scene. That yeah, was the cool. Yeah, the queue was like in, a, in New York City. I'm, I feel like that might be the best bunch of stuff we got, but I can't remember. I remember we one an, year we, we got had an so online, much on, on live console. Oh yeah, I forgot about. It. I got a hundred quid for that. I, just, I never ever plugged it in. I don't think. No. What a, what a shame that mm. was. No, 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 no. Hands down, the best thing we ever got from a games convention is the. I've got the signed by Tim Willett's Rage, 
360 box still on my wall that is yeah that's the best one that was cool yeah i forgot we played that and met him um yeah that was the that was the first year because we got i remember we did like a video didn't we of all the all the tat we'd got like world of tanks little tanks and stuff yeah from that girl booth babe girl who said that like everybody was creeping her out or something yeah <laughs> like you're, you're you're talking to those people like we're not know, she's like look at these nerds it's like who do you think you what do you think we are <laughs> <laughs> we've just run to go and play skyrim and we've been talking about the fish in the stream blowing our minds love like who was the guy that we went to see we went to a few talks at that Eurogamer we went to and there was like some japanese guy in a leather jacket can you remember it was who kojima was it yeah he was demoing um the Metal Gear Solid Five, that's a demo thing, not the main we've game. Been, of them. We've been relatively close to Kojima and never even realised it. Yeah, or at least I did realise it, but at some point forgot. Yeah, the, the reason the, the other reason w- you forgot is because you spent this whole entire talk trying to get street passes on your 3ds. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> do what the real real guys do. Yeah, um, we also. The other, I, I we've spoke about this a few times, but it's funny thinking back to actually having met people that you know recognize in the games industry now but actually didn't at the time like mike bithel um he was making that facebook game that i really liked for a while i think i, I can't even remember what it's called but essentially you built a town and yeah. then you earned currency and you could use that currency to buy monsters and invade other people's towns yes i remember that um and the other one is we met the guy that made no man's sky what's he called again um because he had made dangerous dave when we were at Eurogamer, and he was on the demo, that he was on the he was in the demo kiosk. Sean Murray. Sean Murray, that's the one. <laughs> how little did we know how much of a heel he would become when we met him, and he was just showing off his. Is it was it called Dangerous Dave? Have you not just like yeah. referenced a really old school Amiga game by accident? Um, it may have been riffing on that. Dangerous Dave. It was like a side-scrolling um, stunt motorbike driver. No. <laughs> Dangerous Dave is a 1988 computer game by John Romero. You need to stop listening to those Masters of Doom books. Dangerous? Oh. It's something Dan, isn't it? Desperate. No. What's his name again? What did you say his name was? Sean, Sean Murray. That's how we'll find out what it's called. Just Google Sean Murray's name. And look at his... Oh, Sean Murray, American actor. Nope. No Man's Sky. I had. I quite like those games as well. Uh, dangerous day. It was on <laughs> Apple II and MS DOS. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I actually need to look up Dangerous Dave because I just looked at it there, and I want Joe Danger. It's Joe Danger. Um, I need to look it up because there was a game that I my first ever memory of a video game is playing on my. I think it was a Commodore sixty four, and. In my head, the game was called The Sleeping Policeman. <laughs> okay. In reality, that makes no sense because he wasn't sleeping. I don't think it was a policeman. And this, like, when I did Google Dangerous Dave there, this <laughs> looks like it could... Hmm, I'm not sure if this is it. But yeah, anyway, there's a game, my first ever video game memory for for my... The, like, the last, like, 15 years I've been trying to remember what this game is called. And I've just never been able to find it. But it was on a Commodore 64. Kind of like that um, Xbox 360 boat game that we were supposed to have played last time. Yeah. That we what still was don't, that? We still don't know. We don't know. 
because we played Sea of Solitude by accident, didn't we? And you you wanted to play something else, but we don't oh, know what that yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we may never know. No, we just have to accept it. It's, it's lost. <laughs> oh, it's that man. game's fault that we play this other game that neither of us liked. <laughs> that was our commitment to it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I, I don't think we could say that for this week, though, could we? Because, well, I I had a lovely old time. But some most of the time. I think I had some fun, <laughs> but also some frustrations, which I guess at some point we'll we'll dig into um, throughout as the pod goes on. I don't want to blow my load in the first 10 minutes, so to speak, while we're usually talking about the knife life and <laughs> whatever other nonsense swimming pools that we normally get up to within the first 10 minutes of our podcasts. Yeah. But yeah. I guess for those that haven't read the title of this podcast uh, as they were downloading it and those that haven't been following us on Twitter and if, if not, follow us at A Winner Is You. Pod. That's right, isn't it? Pod, that's it. Yeah. Um, at A Winner Is You Pod on Twitter. The game we're going to be talking about this week that we've been playing is Resident Evil 7. Biohazard. Biohazard. Here's a bit of early trivia for you. You know that in our version... In the words Resident Evil, it's got the Roman numerals for seven. Yeah. Because it's Resident Evil 7. In Japan, because the game is still just called Biohazard out there, part of the Z in the word Biohazard is made into a our seven. Like an actual number seven, not a Roman numeral. Oh, like a, what's that, that, I don't know what the... It? Yeah. Do the Japanese have their own numerical symbols? Or do no, they just no, use no, no, one no. to seven? Yeah, yeah. Just one to ten. They say the words differently, obviously, but they will write them um, as numbers. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. I I have often thought that Biohazard's a more apt and perhaps better name than Resident Evil. I don't know what the deal is in the in Europe, but I know for a fact in America it's because there's a hardcore punk band called Biohazard. Who, oh, is that the the reason? Is it? Who are? I don't know, right? If if you're following the um, the ideals and the principles of being punk, it seems as that suing a video games company for naming something the same as your band is not very punk. Yeah, I often find that when you look at punks in quotation marks, when it comes to making money, they always default to non-punk activities. When it's <laughs> like, I mean, like. Johnny Rotten. I knew you does, were going to say that. Yeah, does like commercials for butter over yeah, here. Yeah, I was going to say like, that as well. Yeah, it's the most like he he thinks he's a punk and he's doing butter commercials. And then he went on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out. He of did. Here. He really did. So, did he not go on I Big think, Brother as well, or was that just? Did he? I don't know. Maybe it was just. He's, like un, a celebrity. he's, un, he's undermined himself. He's dropped a bollock there. <laughs> what was the thing that you said about Wayne Rooney today? Oh, he's <laughs> had a paper round in Baghdad. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, it just looks man. rough. He looks rough, unfortunately. Poor old Wayne. It does. <laughs> He's fighting to keep Derby in the championship that's done it. Is he not fighting a losing battle? Well, he's done it. Oh, is he? They've survived, yeah. Oh, bloody by hell. The skin of, by the skin of their teeth. By the skin of his Shrek-like teeth. His Shrek-like teeth. Yeah. <sighs> Shall we... Uh... So we crack on, start talking <laughs> about some Resident Evil. Do you yeah. think, that, actually, before we crack on, do you think the reason it's, well, it's probably the reason it's called Resident Evil here, um, 
because obviously they would have had to call it that in the states and by time they've done the region like what do you call it like translating it to english yeah. they're like well we've said resident evil enough times we may as well just make it resident evil in all territories that speak english yeah i really really it's hard to say with any um objectivity but i really really prefer resident evil to biohazard so much oh you do well, yeah you... well see i i I've, i think i've just said the exact opposite so yeah like, what, what what's the resident it's, like it's who's all... the in who's the living in resident evil <laughs> it's just because it was in the mansion which they kind of fucked oh, after yeah, that guess, because because every other game is not necessarily in a mansion yeah this one is, I guess. But... I guess. I guess. Like, if you're experiencing evil, it's all sort of resident, isn't it? It must be. You're sort of in your it's consciousness. Not be, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not evil off in the distance because it's yeah, moved into your house. Experience it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is the, yeah, the house of your brain. Because like, the the actual in my experience of playing Resident Evil games, you're generally coming up against a biological weapon that they're trying to develop. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, you're right. Some sort of some sort of biological agent that is turning people nuts. Yeah. So it, it, I guess to me it makes more sense than a Resident Evil. I think yeah, I think I just it's because biohazard is like a a word, an established thing that you would understand. Whereas Resident Evil is like just nonsense. It's two nonsense words put yeah, together. That's fair. So I kind of like it because it doesn't make sense and it's clearly just a video game title that someone made up rather than just picking a word that suited what it was. Yeah, it's, it's a very descriptable. It's <clears throat> very descriptive, isn't it? It's like, yeah, like Silent like... Hill. It's not in a hill, right? And it wasn't silent. No. So. No. But you kind of know what that means. Yeah, if, if you were to rename Silent Hill, it would be Foggy Town, wouldn't it? Like, that would be the. <laughs> Yeah. That would be the real name for the game. Foggy, maybe not real town. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so, yes, Resident Evil 7. Yeah, Biohazard. sorry Alex, take us away. Tell us about this game. It was released 24th of January 2017 on Xbox One, PC and PS4, and it's set in 2017 as well, which is 5 years after the events of Resident Evil 6, which you and I do not know. Because that game will not be played by us. Because so, have you played all? So, if I was to tell you that, like, if we're only allowed to talk about the Resident Evil games I've played start to finish, I've played the sort of—is it the re, re, the HD remake? Oh, you finished of, that in the end of one in on the Xbox One. Yeah, finished that one. I've also finished the Resident Evil Two remake. If you count i have only done is it the leon kennedy playthrough i've not done the ah, jill one um in resident evil 7 i've played four never got very far into it oh no i finished five as well that was the first one i ever played um so i've done that so really one and two remake five and seven is all i've played wow so it's just not a lot actually no i guess it's not i mean there's about 30 odd titles in the canon not the canon mm-hmm. sorry like the with the resident evil name yeah. in it. that includes stuff like mobile games and fucking game boy color and all that stuff um this was something like the uh oh something like the 13th main one right okay i think because you've got you've also got zero 
You've got Code Veronica. Uh, I guess the Outbreak ones counted. I don't really know how they got to this idea, but that's what this video I watched said. It was something like the 13th game, even though it's number seven. Um, it sold two and a half million copies in its first week, which is the third best for the series behind Resident Evil 5 and the best selling one, which is Resident Evil 6. Is um, it? Is that yeah. the best selling one? They actually were really disappointed with this, apparently, because they had, um, when they did that demo, they did quite a lot of demos. I didn't realize when I was, until I was researching this, they did so many different variations of the initial demo that they brought out. They did like a VR demo as well. Um, and they kept like redoing the demo and re-releasing it with new stuff in it every time, which is pretty cool. But they had something like six or seven million downloads of the demo, which they naively thought would translate to sales of the game. Uh, but it didn't. Also, like, what's the rule of thumb is that game franchises tend to pay for their previous ones. So, like, so like the Call of Duty after the the bad Call of Duty is the one that receives the bad sales. In the same way as the the Call of Duty that followed, I mean, the Assassin's Creed that followed Assassin's Creed Three, because Assassin's Creed Three actually sold very well, but it was a bad game. The one that came after that was the one that saw the drop in sales because people were burned. That must be the same for, yeah, that that Unity one as well, right? Where all the faces weren't there. Pretty sure the one after that probably bombed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess as the previous one here was the, like, critically most panned one and also sold the most, you've burned the most amount of people possible with your worst From my perspective, I think after 6 came out, I just sort of put the Resident Evil franchise to the back of my mind and say, oh, well, that's done. Well, yeah, and and also then you're trying to then bring out a first-person version, which, uh, from personal experience, really got my back up when I first saw it. Uh, I couldn't believe they were pulling that that shit. Just like, what? This isn't isn't Resident Evil. You've ruined it. I mean, I'm not sure what I thought Resident Evil was at that point, because if I was thinking it was Resi 6, then it's not a good game. I've come out of um, Resident Evil 7 to be honest not sure what resident evil is as a franchise at all like across the board i don't know what it stands for i don't know what it means because it's some of it's horror some of it's action some of it's shooter some of it's funny some of it's schlocky yeah. some of it's good some of it's bad it's it, it is such an inconsistent in my from coming from the perspective of someone that has zero affection for the series basically each game gets looked at on its own merits yeah um i don't know what the series is and what the series stands for uh, there's no consistency to the brand i think whatsoever and people are like oh it's a return to form like so like a lot i heard a lot of the time when resident evil 7 came out it was sort of a return to form for the series but was it it's not really like four it's not really like five it's nothing like six <laughs> yeah it's like, like a what is it like <clears throat> it is just kind of a cheap way of saying it's not shit anymore it's yes. back to being pretty good Whereas again, like some someone someone that has no affection for the franchise again, I actually enjoyed five because I know you're not too into it, but I remember having a. I, played I mean, I've played it thing. loads of times in co-op because yeah, I, I played a co-op the whole. Game, so. Yeah, I played it all co-op and had a great time with it, but I I hadn't had no real previous. I had played one and two when I was a kid, uh, on PlayStation One, but never finished them, so I had no real affection for the franchise. It was just yeah. kind of, a kind of fun co-op game. Yeah. Um. And there was, I guess, you know, they they did make such a big deal out of this conscious effort they were trying to make to return it to being more of a horror style game. 
that's why uh well they they apparently the director koshi nakanishi um he took inspiration from the film evil dead which is not you know the scariest film ever made it's quite funny really Mm -hmm. um i love evil dead but he basically said yeah he said basically the 70s and 80s like american horror films where you're in a uh, a lonely house in the middle of nowhere nobody you can call for help really isolated that was the sort of the big influence on them trying to make this game all about being a horror game again and uh, why they chose it to be in the in the south of uh, the USA as well so um and that was why they did the first person perspective to you know i guess make it more i don't want to say visceral because we, we've said spoken about that word many many times yeah but it's i think more like uh, immersive that's the word i want to say i think i think it the first person nature of the game is absolutely vital to the sort of ratcheting up and the uneasy feel that the game gives you like so like i don't know if i'm jumping ahead so feel free to stop me but when we start the game and we we actually encounter mia for the first time and she turns into that lunatic and starts like attacking with a knife yeah that works because it's first person it wouldn't have worked in the same way and and when you're running away from someone that's chasing you in first person that has a level of tension to it that a third person game just doesn't have because yeah because you have less of a field of vision absolutely yeah absolutely um yeah another thing they tried to do as well was to, to introduce this new character because they felt apparently that because Chris Redfield and Leon Kennedy had become so action star like yeah. that they had sort of almost demanded being in these action based games because they basically become superheroes at this point. So they wanted this to just be like a regular guy, first person characteristics. Apparently they did have quite a lot of early prototypes of the game that were action style in like Resi Six and they scrapped every single one of them. Um they also got a narrative designer from the West End, which was the first time they'd ever done that. Okay. So it was this guy called Richard Piercy who had done... Um, he wrote the two two expansion packs of Fear and one, and he was one of the narrative designers on Spec Ops The Line, which I've never played, but I, I, I assume it's quite psychological in the way that it does whatever it does. Yeah, I've played, I've played Spec Ops The Line. Um, it's a game that thinks it's more intelligent than it is, in my opinion. Yes. But yeah, it, it does yeah. that. It does a lot of um, sort of subverting itself and undermining what you what what you're seeing and what what reality is. Yeah, so it's yeah. It's, it's good in that way. Yeah. Um, one thing that you talked about before we, we almost when you first immediately first started playing this, um, that a lot of people talked about at the time especially when they brought out the demo called Beginning Hour, which is not the beginning hour of the game, don't know why they called it that, is that obviously everybody was saying that this was basically them ripping off PT, the Silent It Hills feels like it, yeah. That, that that initial corridor you enter when you enter the house for the first time is very PT-esque. Yes. So they, Capcom apparently at the time, they did come out and refute that by proving that they'd actually been developing Resident Evil 7 for way longer that oh, really? PT had been out, yeah, and it even had... looks like it's built in the same engine. I know, right? It's it's actually in its own. This was the first time it was ever in the re- the RE engine. They built that. They built a brand new engine for Resi Seven. Okay. Um, they had to also dispel rumors about hiring staff from who worked on PT for this game, but they did hire one guy who worked on it and said it was just a coincidence. <laughs> See, before I was going to write it down, but in case I forget, what do you think of the visuals of the game? I think they're quite. 
up and down. There's aspects of the game that is absolutely stunning. Yes. But then there's other parts of the game that just look so bad. Like, they're so all over the place. Because, you see, when we turned it on and I started playing it for the first time, I was like, my God, this game is stunning. And they had the the sort of surrounding atmosphere, this surrounding atmosphere, the the scenery around this car as it's driving up towards the house is amazing. It looks like an actual video. Yeah. Except the car, I think, looks pretty bad. It's yeah. just I, I just wondered what you had thought of the visuals as I overall throughout the throughout the game. Um, I, I've always had a bit of a problem with the lip syncing. That always seemed like it hadn't quite nailed that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the character models are, are good. Some of the gore is fantastic, and I love the setting. The set design is fan- is just so good. And then at the end, it just gets a bit shit because it just becomes caves and a dull black shit yeah, covered in Yeah, it's a real goop. shame that. Yeah. So the visuals, I think yeah, vi- I think they are really the, impressive. The, the, visually, the game is most effective, I think, in the first half while you're in the houses and things like that. They're really, really good. Really, really well done. Atmospheric, oozing with style, um, and then it just sort of loses its way after that, I think, a it little It really bit. does. Um something i was actually going to bring up later on but they they did um they for some of the enemy designs uh, i don't know which ones they were talking about but they they actually created them in physical form and used uh this technique called photogrammetry which is like where you photograph things from multiple angles and then sort of scan those in and um they like for the more sort of meat like enemies in this game they actually used real meat all right. took, took photos of actual meat, like sculpted into these enemy designs, and then yeah. photographed them, and then stuck them all in the game. So that's definitely... a that's a tactic that's actually I think the most recent Star Wars games use that tactic. The ones in the the dice engine. Um, oh yeah, the battlefield ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But apparently, it takes loads and loads of kit. So when they went on location in Louisiana to try and you know scout out locations they couldn't take the kit with them so they had to design all of that in a oh, really yeah yeah okay what's been noted about the game especially the, the the original demo they brought out for it is is how it's quite similar to sweet home which was a capcom's gate horror game that actually inspired the original resident evil apparently right. the, the similarities are like a, the plot of a film crew going to an abandoned house this a paranormal female presence there and a, a tale of a family who once lived there and it's all tragic and they all get ruined. So I don't know if that was, you know, on purpose, by design that they copied. It must have been. Because this to, does feel like a sort of back to their spiritual roots, reboot. So. Yeah, it yeah. does. It really does. Like It feels like they're trying to sort of... It was a restart of the series. It really so was, it, yeah. Yeah. And, and now with Village coming out and still including Ethan winters and mia and everything that that shows even more that this is the direction they're going to take main numbered series and they've kind of offset that by making these remakes of all the old ones to kind of satiate people who would complain about it i guess yeah i think we've spoke about this previously but i i do like the as someone that is confused about what resident evil is i, I do like the spot it's in now because it's sort of they've created it the reason it always seemed like from the media perspective that was why these games were becoming more and more action heavy is because that that's what sells and yeah. that they could make these games that people love and people that are 
that see as like all time classics in a console, but at the end of the day, they're not selling as well as a game that you just stick a gun in someone's hand and let them sprint about and shoot things in the face. So I feel like this game, this game even in a microcosm, tries to straddle both sides of the it does the divide. But they they can have their sort of their sort of old school resident what people expect um, Resident Evil to be with their remakes that are done really really well. Um, but then yeah. they can also try and modernize and take risks by, like you say, move it to first person, which is really controversial for the series, um, and then do things that you maybe wouldn't expect. And hopefully they get a bit of a break for that because I'd always, I'd always hope, and I like it when developers try and shoot for something. They might not always land, but at least they're trying to move on. And, I couldn't agree more. And rather than just iterate over and over again until we get bored of it, like we see in so many franchises. I mean, one of my favourite franchises of all time, Gears of War, is a, a, a classic example of a of a series that is, just seems to be dying through perpetual iteration rather than yeah. actually advancing it. Yeah, and I think having played quite a lot of Resident Evil Village at this point, the state that this franchise is in right now is, is is probably the most exciting state it's been in for a very long time because it's it just feels so unpredictable at this point that they've gone you know they went all this way to do a first person game with a brand new character without any zombies in it it's more like a texas chainsaw game for the first half of it to this sequel coming in some eastern european village with werewolves and vampires I just love that they're embracing horror on a broader spectrum than they were just making zombie shooting games over and over again, or ones with Africans in it for some unknown reason. <laughs> Absolutely, I want to see the series sh- like, 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 like again, like calling back to what I was already said, having not really been sure what Resident Evil stands for as a whole when you take it as a whole franchise. I want to see them try and drill down into that and think, what is this series? What what does it mean to be a Resident Evil game? And I, if yeah. if Resi Seven is anything to go by, and what well, from the little bit I've seen of Resident Evil Village, it does seem to be that they've they've got a tone and they're trying to explore those tones. And yes, these are both horror games, but they seem to be very different horror games. They really what, are. Again, from what I, I haven't played eight yet, but from what I've gathered, like Seven is very much um, sort of like Deep South horror, whereas is in almost like a modern American horror, whereas Resident Evil 8 seems to be playing on things like werewolves and vampires and things like that. It's a it's bit very, more like yeah, classical horror. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's a lot. It's gone a but lot. If, if horror was wacky, yeah. If horror, like just exploring the horror genre, is something they want to do, and they see that is what Resident Evil is, I'm all for that. Yeah, I think that's too. a cool thing to be. It's it's much more fun than just trying to be a shooter that's not a very good shooter but yeah, then the game does yeah. that as well this is what again like I'm, i feel like i'm constantly tying myself up itself up in knots because the latter half of this game is a is a mediocre shooter to be yeah, really, yeah yeah um but yeah i guess we'll get to that we can yeah. uh because that's Sorry, most of my slightly no 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 it's fine it's um that was what the trivia part was there for to kind of spark a bit of discussion about what we thought overall and now we will begin our journey, I guess, to go through the game and discuss the key moments. Um, so we begin uh, with Ethan watching this vi- these video messages that he's got from Mia, who says she's sorry for lying, tells us to stay away. We've got the message. Um, so she's apparently been missing for three years. Uh, 
Uh, we've had a lot of discussion before where you would just, you personally, David Smiley, would not bother. Um, no. I personally think maybe after three years I'd have moved on as well. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's like, what are the police doing? Do they know she's missing? Has he reported her? How has he got this address? Like, how's she find? How's he find out where she is? Yeah, she doesn't it actually un- explicitly give an, a, a location, right? Yeah, she he, she he just says she sends him a video, says don't come here, and then he knows to come here. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, don't send him a video, don't tell him where you are, and he won't come. Aha, uh-huh, I noticed that basement. That's in Louisiana, right? Yeah, <laughs> although she sent it from a ship, so so she did. Yeah. yeah, it's odd. It's odd. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, he does figure out where she is and he goes he, to rescue her. He does. He pulls up at this big creepy house. Um, you see a figure walking in the distance. I can't, I can't even think back now to, to remember who that's supposed to be. Is it Mia? Who is that supposed to be? Do you remember that? No. So right, right, the, the first... He pulls up to the gate. You get out and then you, you obviously you can't get through the gate. You've got to walk around the back and that's when you go through this. Oh, is this... that not the dude? Um, the is main. The, yeah, I think it's Jack. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know why I didn't write who it is. I just wrote C.A. figure. Um, <laughs> so that's just before you pass through that big motif of... Yeah. What are we saying? What are we saying here? Goats? Limbs? Horses? What are we saying? Goats are very satanistic, so I'm going to guess goats. Yeah. Yeah, and then some some circular saws. Yeah. Uh, and then you get through a clearing. There's like the smouldering remains of this fire, and it's got a handbag, and it's got Mia's driving license in it. And I've written a note here that at that stage of the game, by the time I got into the house, I'd got an achievement for arriving in Louisiana in a cutscene examining something in my inventory as the game told me to and then closing a door by myself as the game told me to <laughs> sitting there thinking that's a piece of piss mate it's gonna smash this absolutely nail through these achievements yeah it's definitely not a piece of piss though so this we're going through the back door which leads us into the kitchen which was the really the main setting for the beginning hour demo yeah. that they had and it's got this well it's just disgusting right it's got a pot of what looks like kind of gruel and shit on the yeah. table there's a rabbit in the microwave and there's bin bags in the oven. So Sweet. Keep your bin bags. Hearty meals right there. That's what you need yeah. in a balanced diet. Yeah. Rabbit and bin bags. <laughs> um, I really like the the way that this starts. It's Yeah, set, set these... aside getting Ethan into the place. Once you have him arriving at the gate, I really like the opening section of this game and it is super unsettling. Yeah, there's always uh, there's creaking everywhere. There's loads of bumps going on. It sounds like doors are always closing. Um, yeah, footsteps. did you? I tried it. I think the first time I played this because I played the opening section twice, like years ago, and then more recently. The first time I played it, I played it just on the TV um, with the sound, but oh, wearing yeah, a headset right. with it is fantastic. Yeah, because they they do the virtual surround, don't they? They've mm-hmm. got set up for it, which was cool. I like the fact that when you're outside, it's 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 kind of like what dusk, I suppose. Um, pretty normal day, and then you get inside, and all of a sudden there's like a howling wind, and all the windows are like rattling. But there was absolutely <laughs> no wind outside. Maybe That's they've a got a wind day. machine or something. It's Louisiana, it's like stifling. It yeah. must have been stinking as well. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Um, so we go up to the attic. And we get our first VHS, which we can use in the TV on the living room. Um, 
I find it quite funny that you get to control the cameraman of the what are they called the sewer gators because you go past their van on the way in. That's right. Um, but it's I found it really funny that you could be the cameraman because you could just make like a fucking garbage video, like quick turning, spinning yeah. round, walking backwards <laughs> so you don't film anybody properly, <laughs> looking at everyone's dicks. <laughs> like this, why did they hire this absolute clown on the camera? Um, so we're following in this video. Uh, Andre, who is, I assume, is the, is the producer. Uh, Pete, who's this douchebag presenter guy yeah. who is just, yeah, just jaw-jacking all the time. Uh, it does foreshadow his demise very nicely as we, we just anticipate enjoying him dying. Um, we get a little bit of explanation in here as well. Andre explains about the family that used to live there, Jack and Marguerite Baker, and they had this bad seed of a son named Lucas. So it seems like he was always a dick. Whereas mm-hmm. later on, we learn that the parents maybe weren't. Um, and then after a while, Andre leaves the room and stops responding. Pete goes a bit mental, yells for him. Uh, and then this is where he finds this lever under the fireplace, which I think is a really cool way to reveal how to actually get progress in the game by a character in a video that, from the past shows you the secret Absolutely, exit. yep. And mm-hmm. there's a really cool idea. And I love the Andre reveal moment as well, where you go up to him and put your hand on his shoulder and he turns around and he's basically been impaled on a broken yeah. bit of pipe and just kind of topples over onto you. And then uh, we see this stomping man walking over. Camera goes blurry. Somebody starts screaming and then the footage ends. Um, so then we immediately go to where that happened because what, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong Absolutely, following, exactly. following that down there? Uh, and this is where we come and see Leah. Leah? This is where we come and see Mia, where she's locked up in the cell. Um, it's in this room next to all these pictures of people with all these lists of names that say where they're deceased or turned. Uh, Mia's is, is blank. Um, and she seems to have no idea why we're there or that she even contacted us and says, Daddy's coming and we have to go now. Um, and this is what I wrote some notes in here just after that about how. I've spoken to you as well about where I really like yeah. the first person sort of spatial awareness that he has, yeah. where he keeps like leaning on doors or walls and keeps putting his hands out all the time. From playing Resident Evil Village, that's completely been taken out, and I don't know why. You'll obviously really? find that yourself when you when you come to play it, but they just totally yeah. removed that. Because you were a really... big fan of that, weren't you? Yeah, I just think I, I, it must be in some other games, but I thought it was a really cool and immersive way to kind of make it feel more like it's you controlling it because you're always you would put your hand up again you're just going to walk straight to the door especially if you think about how the old resi games worked where your tank controls and you're basically like running at a weird diagonal like 45 degree angle just scraping your face across a wall as you try and press the door open (laughs) so the next stage of this is that mia starts freaking out when she realizes that there's this door isn't where there's supposed to be one um, you then move. She seems to just sort of stand there, looking at the wall, sort of saying it's not there anymore. You move into a different room. Yeah. You hear a big crash. She screams. When you go back in, she's gone, and there's a hole in the wall. Um, so you go through the hole, walk up the stairs, and at the top of the door, at the top of the stairs, like the door creaks open. So they're throwing all these like little cool little horror tropes at you, nice and early. Um, and then there's nobody up there. You go grab some meds from the bathroom and then you hear this really loud knocking which again really sort of atmospheric 
terrifying noise. And the knocking is Mia, who's now just gone absolutely mental. Um, She's turned into this psycho stabby bitch. Uh, Ethan Ethan fights her off. Gets the knife away from her. She goes back to normal. (laughs) And that's... By normal, I mean that she starts screaming. She's still inside of me. and just starts twatting her head into the wall, screaming for her to get out. And this is kind of what you were saying earlier on, where the parts of this game, just whether they're intentional or not, are just funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I Thinking about the opening section of these games, if they're shooting for being super uneasy... And making the the player feel uncomfortable, scared, um, it's absolutely successful. It's yeah. I found it unsettling and scary to the point that you have to physically, not physically, you have to metaphorically shove yourself through the game because you don't want to. I don't. You just, I'm like I don't want to progress. I don't want to go up these stairs. I don't want to see what's around the corner because don't want to take any key items from anywhere. because yeah. you know something bad will happen. It's almost so effective that I wonder how many people stop playing because I if I didn't have to play this for a a podcast and then I didn't have you watching me on Twitch um, as I was playing, I would have found it difficult to progress. It's it's almost so unsettling that it's it's hard to play. I find. Yeah, which, which uh, from what I heard was basically like they they when they play tested this and people were fucking losing their minds. They were t- they were just using it as like a badge of honor. Like, well, we've done it. All yeah. these people are terrified. Yeah, let's go. We're, this is the game we're gonna make. But apparently, they also had like um there was a mechanic they were gonna put in the game where some of the enemies would react to Ethan's breathing. They would be able to okay. hear it. So they had a they were had a mechanic where you had to hold a button to hold his breath, but apparently when everyone was playtesting it, all the people were holding their breath as well, and they were like, "People are going to suffocate if we don't take this out," because everyone was just going <gasps> while Ethan was doing it. I don't think I would want to play a game where you have to have a button to hold your breath. Well, um, was there not a, a breath holding mechanic in the very first game we ever covered for this podcast? What was that? What game was that? That horror game by Bloober Team. What's it called? The oh, the, that, oh, the medium. The medium. I believe there was a breath holding yeah, mechanic I there. Yeah, there might have been. Yeah. And it wasn't very good, so you're no. right enough. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that makes these things funny, or funnier than they should be, is the fact that you know you're clearly not in control of it. And that's maybe one of the game's... I mean, it it helps to make the game cinematic and it helps to make the action look better than if you were in control of it. It frames it better. It, you know, it, it focuses you on it better. But, mm. you know, after you've got this thing where Ethan collapses, Mia then gets up and throws him through a wall. Um, or the, the, this, or the, you do get an axe and then you can kind of just sort of hit her with it for a bit. So there is some yeah. player agency there. But a lot of the time when this mental stuff's happening, you can kind of just sit back and laugh at it. In a sort of a sadistic way, because you're not controlling. Well, you know no you're not going to die. On for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe you let out a chuckle because you you stab this axe right in her shoulder and she just falls to the floor. Um, she kind of goes back to her normal appearance, and then we get a phone call from Zoe. Um, she says we shouldn't have come there. We need to go to the attic. So once we've done a bit of puzzling, we get up there. 
but on our way up to the attic, obviously Mia returns. I definitely shat myself at that point where she jumps out, even though she's normal at that point. Um, and it's kind of cool how they sort of subvert this. Mia's appearance is either going to be, you know, she's sometimes terrifying, sometimes she's normal and nice, yeah. but they still throw a jump scare into it no matter which way around she is. Yeah. And that's another, this is another bit that made me absolutely like lose it with laughter when she has this, she jams a screwdriver in Ethan's hand and then just walks off and comes back with a full revved chainsaw and just cuts just his hand this, off. I didn't find any of this section. Did you not? No. Maybe because I've played it before. Maybe that was it. Cause, and again, because I know, I know I'm just watching a cutscene. I'm just sitting there laughing, thinking, what is going on? Where's this chick getting all this stuff from? <laughs> um, you go up to the attic and you get a pistol. And this, you have like a proper fight with Mia then. I guess it's a boss fight, really. Uh-huh. Um, so she's running after a chainsaw i'm pretty sure i just stood in the doorway here and just shot her a load of times i think i died the first time and then got her the second time yeah maybe i did die you know um and it kind of goes back to that notion you were saying where like if you're running away from her you just have absolutely no idea how close she is behind you and you're gonna get you're gonna get i find it really unsettling (laughs) yeah um especially if we both of us kept forgetting that there's a quick turn in the game it took me about four or five hours to even realize it was there so after we've killed not killed downed Mia, even though we've shot her in the face multiple times. Uh, Jack arrives. Um, as we're about to leave, he grabs us and just smashes us in the face. Says, welcome to the family, son. And then drags us out. And that is mm-hmm. basically the end of the beginning because we wake up then <laughs> at the dinner table with a reattached hand, a nice new Apple Watch, and a lovely plate of dinner with the family. I never understood why, why we got a watch. It was never explained. Uh, Zoe does explain that. She says it's something she? to do with Something they'd been uh, developing and it was expensive and we have to be careful with it. I'm assuming she designed it. I'm not entirely sure. Um, um, because, yeah, when you get to the boat later on, both Mia and that guy she's with also have watches. Yes. Um, they use oh, it as yeah. a way to track... They, you use it as a way to track the the girl. Yeah, but... Right, let's skip right to the end for that because there's an email somewhere from Zoe, right? And it's almost as if... I think what they've done is that they have tried continuously to develop this bioweapon, which is Evelyn. They're going to try and develop mm-hmm. her by doing what she wants them to do, which is get her a family. So they keep going and bringing people to her. So Zoe, I believe, is part of that. She's aware of that going on and is helping them do it. So Zoe, therefore, knows right, that okay. they're bringing her over on this boat so with this Umbrella family. doing this. That's never made that clear, is it? Because they're there to clean up the mess at the end. Yeah. So whether it is them that's done it, I'm assuming it must be. Um, but it's never. I, I never found anything in this game that let me know that it was them that were behind it. And so, and this is maybe you need. I need you to clear this up for me then as well. For talking about the the is it Evelyn? Did you see? Did you yeah, say Evelyn the, or Evelyn? Yeah. Evelyn. Yeah. Is she? Is she this? Is she got supernatural powers, or is she being injected with this bio weapon to give her these powers? She has been created from an embryo to become the bio weapon that she is. Her cells right, or something okay. were mixed with this fungus that they found. And there's iterative versions of Evelyn, is there? Because it turns out that Evelyn One is the chick in the wheelchair. Yeah, who is my favorite character game. in the whole game? She. So and, me and up is she's. Every time. Until she got injected, see when I found out found that picture towards the end of the game and it says E V zero zero one and then you turn it around, it's a picture of the old lady. Yep. 
when I saw that, I was like, so has that old lady ever been there? Because you know how like part of the fact that you've been injected or you've been exposed to whatever toxin means that you start hallucinating things and you start oh, hallucinating yeah. Evelyn. I yeah. automatically assumed that I was hallucinating the old lady because then that explains why she pops up in odd places, like underneath the house and stuff like that. <laughs> in the boiler room. Yeah, chilling. and in the boiler room. And I was like, right, so maybe she's just never been there. But then he actually injects her at the end, so she is there, which yeah. totally, like, to me, that story makes sense if she is a figment of your hallucinations. But yes. as soon as she becomes a real person, it undermines that and then i still i then i just go back to is this game trying to be funny when they're sticking under the house <laughs> that well yeah i think so it's trying to yeah it's just weird japanese humor that goes over my head as it tends to do there's um there's there's another note somewhere that says that evelyn was aging really rapidly um so i am assuming that she somehow went from the little girl that came in on the boat, so in the flashbacks and stuff, that's what she was like. Because they they gave her this appearance of this 10-year-old so, oh, girl. Oh, right, okay. So that was Evelyn 1 on the boat in the flashback. Yeah. So she actually does, I, get, I think, look like the old woman. But you're obviously seeing... Either she has the ability to turn into the little girl again, or you're seeing hallucinations that she is making you see because she's in your head. Yeah. She's definitely in Mia's head, which is why she's seeing all that stuff. Because she has control over her. Uh, maybe what it is is that because we aren't controlled by um, Evelyn until you know when Ethan gets covered in that black stuff near the end of the game and then you yeah. can see her as the little girl right yeah so before that all you see as Ethan is the old woman so you I would just see you see the legs of the little girl when you're up in oh, the bedroom yeah. Unless that's again, but then you're you're around black stuff again when that happens. True. So I was thinking that yeah, Ethan is a, Ethan's the only one who can see the old lady as the old lady. Everybody else is seeing her as the little girl because she's already in everybody else's head. The whole Baker family, she's got them. She's got Mia. She's got Alan. She's got Zoe, but not Ethan. Sense, yeah. So he's seeing the real woman kind of sitting around, but everybody else still sees this little girl or has flashbacks or hallucinations. I okay. think that's the best we're going to get as a, yeah. an attempt to figure that yeah. out. But needless to say, I love the old lady. The placements of it just find... It's just one of those times where you get scared by it and then you just have to laugh because you're really, you know, there's a release of relief that it's not actually an enemy. You're laughing yeah. at the fact that you've been scared, kind of like you do on a roller coaster. It scares you and makes you think you're going to die, but you have a, like, a good time I, there. I also like that it tell, it's, it's just... It's, I heard I was listening to a podcast that was talking about it again this week and they they didn't like it but I actually to be honest quite like the way the telegraph stuff so like the way that they would show you like you spoke about how to get behind the secret wall by pulling that thing in the fireplace yeah and then um you managed to avoid it but I had a videotape that that showed me that area where you're sneaking around with the flies going around I so cannot I believe I missed that, that before that happened um they telegraph the they telegraph evelyn from from moment one basically because she's throughout the whole game and you don't realize that she's the ultimate bad guy mm. even though she's there through the whole game and then again they do it with the 
the shotgun is another example of how they do it and you can even see yeah. the upgrades and stuff that you can get with the coins just by looking inside the cage which sorry i would have just bent the cage and got that stuff out I would that just... is bullshit i don't know what he's yeah. playing out there you've got a gun as well shoot them yeah shoot it and even from like from like moment one again like when when you 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 return to areas and you see areas telegraphed and shown to you before you actually get there again the other bit when the third boss fight with when you're in the barn mm. that 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 area is visible to you throughout the whole well for a good 50 percent of the game yeah yeah and i i just think it does a really good job of sort of just showing you things before actually allowing you access to things and saying oh here's and and it sometimes it's it's overt and that you know that it's showing you something you'll come back to later but sometimes yep. it's it's a bit more subtle again with the old lady i just thought it was really done really well yeah and, and that is is a something you can definitely point to as the roots of resident evil because yeah from the first game in the series you were seeing rooms with keys that you can't get in. it's all it's metroidvania isn't it really mm-hmm at its heart that's what resident evil has always been you need this item to get into this bit and once you've got the next bit you can come back and do the next bit so i completely agree with you i really like all of that stuff in this game um even we all know the old woman um, is going to be yeah she is going to be something bad at some point but it's the fact that she keeps showing up and not doing anything ever until right at the end that maybe the payoff isn't as good as it should have been but the anticipation for the payoff i I can't fault that at all because she still scared me by just being there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that's 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 uh, the payoff is a problem of the genre more so, in my opinion, than the problem of Resident Evil. And I think horror movies are oh yeah fantastically effective at ratcheting up tension and creating fear of the thing. But as soon as you show people what the thing is, it loses its sort of mystique and becomes inherently less scary um it's rare to me that a horror movie can stick the landing and and the ones that i think stick the landing the best are ones that do lean into the comedy side of things and things that are just so over the top so like yeah like you spoke about evil dead i think that's one that manages to stick the landing just by because it goes so <laughs> insane yeah and then yeah, what's yeah. that other horror game is it horror game horror movie that's does i think does it well um I want to call it Cabin in the Woods, but it's not. Yes, is, is, is yes. it the one? Where, yeah, is it where they go underground and there's gods underground? Is that the and one? And they just unleash about? like all the horror movie villain tropes, and they all just yes. walk out of the lift. So good. Yeah, I love um, that film. So it's it's hard to do horror, even in even in well, books is another example. So again, like uh, I think uh, what's that Stephen King book about the about the big the big mansion? Since we're talking about houses and things. What, like so, that. Um, silent hill what the fuck is wrong with me the shining the shining the yes. the book is fantastic but it, the house just explodes at the end spoilers does like, it? it yeah it just it just loses all it just like it's it can't horror horror's hard to finish is i guess what i'm trying to say yeah do you think do you think part of that is like are we are we maybe just desensitized it sounds like a cop out to say that but do you think we're just desensitized to most of what we can be shown so it's it's in the anticipation of what it's going to be that we're actually afraid because your mind will be able to take you to a fucked up place that the the film can't because you've probably seen yeah like maybe we are desensitized but actually for me and i don't know how you feel about it but it's why 
um, when Resident Evil 7 changes from me what I find like an intensely unsettling horror game into just a bit of a silly shooter because yeah. I I needed the change of pace and I needed the, the the moments to just take a breath and come back with the power fantasy because if it was just relentlessly horror through as it was throughout the first sort of third of the game, I would have found that exhausting. And I liked it and it's my favourite part of the game, but I had enough of it. Like I did not need any more after yeah. that second boss fight the game sort of goes a bit sort of in my opinion it loses its way but maybe deliberately loses its way and it's definitely deliberate become, they've done it they've done it historically yeah. in all of them they always try and make you feel yeah yeah absolutely but i i kind of i needed it because again if it just kept the pressure on and kept just being relentlessly terrifying i'm it's, not it's sure i really would have got point. through it yeah, yeah. um I think that I think the biggest issue that, that that they have that anyone would have is if you've changed your game to go from what it was at the beginning, where effectively you are dealing with one thing at at a time mm-hmm. that is unpredictable, overpowering, and you know terrifying, mm-hmm. to what you already know is uh, not as powerful enemy and one that you've already seen and there's going to be a lot of them it just kind of feels like you've got no choice but you're just going to it's just going to look like you've just copied and pasted the enemies and just dumped them in a bunch of rooms yeah whereas I... earlier on you've got this like stalking horrible one big man who you can't kill versus oh just loads of black things in yeah. loads of different rooms it's just never going to feel the same and that's the yeah. way, it's a hard way for them to do because you can just then so you couldn't change the game to be like right i'm going to go gun down all the family and win so, I think if you're going to make, if you yeah, if you were shooting from, in my opinion, if you were shooting for making a a super serious horror game, I think it by its very design it has to be quite a short game because you're right in yeah. like, just like like ratcheting things up again, like with the Resident Evil Two remake and is it Mister X? Like he's terrifying until you realise you can sort of run rings around him and then he loses yeah. all his all terror that he has. And the same with this, you've got to ratchet up the tension in some way. And they've ratcheted up the tension by giving you bullet scarcity and Big having time. enemies come at you. But then when they start increasing the amount of enemies, they're obviously trying to ratchet up the tension because you you can't just have a level playing field, otherwise it it you can't keep it level, do you know what I mean? And it yeah. stay level. For you can't you can't keep the what's it the the adrenaline levels of the player constant by not increasing the intensity of the game otherwise it will just go down yeah you're right by itself yeah it will yeah so at some point you do sort of jump the shark don't you and that it jumps yeah. from being a really intense horror game to just a balls to the wall action game and may- maybe it's you're like you're saying it's deliberate but it's also a some would say a casualty, some would say just a product of the horror genre at large, I think. It's certainly certainly in this franchise. I think the biggest problem I had with it is just that they they didn't achieve any of the the points that were good about the beginning in the end. So there were fewer puzzles. Mm-hmm. The setting wasn't anywhere near as good. Especially yeah. when you get into the mines and it's just a mine. It's really yeah. uninteresting thing to look at. And they didn't give you any new enemies. They're the same enemies that you see in the boiler room in this game in about five and minutes. And they're the from where worst enemies in the game as well. They're really just, yeah, they're just shit. And so just to see more of them and just more and more. Oh, look, there's a fat one. And then 
this one crawls on the floor. That's basically all they did. So I feel like yeah. the end of it was a bit rushed. Yeah. Whether it was, I don't care. You know, I don't have a problem with the, as you say, the power fantasy where you do, you're going to need it. As you say, you are going to need to feel like you've taken some agency by the end. Because if you're just struggling throughout, you might as well just play Outlast, which is a very different type of game that I don't really enjoy. I don't feel, I don't like being powerless the whole time. That's why I like Resident Evil so much is because you do have a way to fight back. It's just, you have to be clever about how you do that. And they're going to make you terrified while you're doing it but towards the end you've got so much ammo so many guns so many upgrades and the enemies is no different to what you faced 10 hours earlier that it it just doesn't have any impact by that point yeah absolutely what does have an impact is the dinner scene which again maybe i am desensitized or whatever or i'm just sadistic but i just find this thing's hilarious uh, just when lucas chucks a plate in in ethan's face so Jack chops his hand off and he says, oh, not again. And he's trying to like feed you, force feed you these weird grub things by putting a knife in your mouth. Just a really, that was clearly like their kind of token, big focal point. Like this is what we're going to build this game around is this really horrible family. It's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I think really I just kind of we were playing together. Yeah. It does feel the early, the early, that sort of period of the game does just feel super Texas chainsaw. Yeah. Um, it's just really like unnerving, but I just, yeah, like I say, I can't help but find it funny that <laughs> just, they're just so over the top. Jack is just this, he's a brilliant character. He's just absolutely batshit insane. And he's, I mean, yes, he's gone, he's gone mental because he's been infected so he's become this murderous crazed man but i really like like the fact that this family is so aware of the fact that they just regenerate that they're just it's like you know when groundhog day when bill murray realizes he's just going to wake up the same day every, you know over and over again and you know that when he just gets so fed up of it he just he's trying to find different ways to kill himself yeah it's just kind of like they've obviously got to this stage as well where they 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 know they're invincible so they're just going to have fun with it <laughs> <laughs> just Lucas is, at one point definitely says you see him having a conversation with Evelyn don't you where he says something like some of us don't want to go back to how it was before you got here go away mm-hmm. so he clearly is loving the fact that he's this indestructible psycho he's just living his favourite psycho life yeah absolutely Um, so what stops the dinner scene is the knock on the door of uh, the policeman so Jack leaves see, uh, to go check out what's going on. We can then knock the chair over to to escape. And this is where we get this uh, sort of cat and mouse scenario with Jack, where I believe most of it is scripted, where he's going to break through a wall or whatever. But there are some parts where you're basically just being chased by him and you have to try and get yourself into this. You've got to go into a hatch, haven't you, into... Um, it's an exit in a in the kitchen, isn't it? You've got to get under the floorboards yeah. to get away from him. Mm-hmm. So you've got to do a bit of kiting him around and you get a bit more agency. But a lot of that is is scripted. So if you watch a speed run of the game, people can manipulate Jack quite easily once they kind of know what's going on. But the first time you play this, and I remember the first time I played it, I spent a lot of the time just hiding, thinking he was going to go away, but he just doesn't go away. He doesn't go away, yeah. Um. This time I didn't find it too too bad. I remember I managed to just kite him quite nicely around the dinner table and then just run and nick the key from the corner and go get myself out of there. Um, 
we I still this... find that I still find that section again like I think I've just had a vastly different experience of you in the early game like running away from him because it's first person when you're down trying to open that oh, open the hatch so you can get under the house and you don't know how <laughs> yeah. close he is behind you I, yeah. again that terrified me yeah it's uh, the first time I played it I was exactly like that this time around I kind of knew a little bit more what to expect from him and how to I'm just going to go grab this and wait for him to come towards me. I'm going to run past him and then I'm fine because I knew where I was yeah. going. Whereas if you, if you, if you get, if you let the fear take over you and you lose your bearings, and you don't know where you're going. You, you'd just be like I was. I was think I was hiding down by the the door to the morgue, which you can't open. Just hiding in that corner, and he just kept coming back towards me, and I just run back into the corner again. So, <laughs> the, I must have taken four or five times as long to do that the first time around. We um. We've discussed the fact that we, you definitely got the same thing I did where Jack catches you and cuts your leg off with the spade and then makes you crawl towards him and use a med thing on it, doesn't he? I thought I'd never seen no, that I never, before. I'd obviously think, forgotten no, it. I, don't, I don't think I got that. Are you sure? Hmm. Maybe, maybe you didn't then, but there's a bit where when I was trying to get out the hatch, Jack grabs Ethan by the leg and pulls him back towards him and he cuts your leg off with a with his shovel. Yeah. No, I've never got that. I've never lost my leg under the hatch. Um, and then he, he, he like puts this med, the, you know, the med, what are they called? First aid med or something? Yeah. He puts one of those bottles down right in front of him and he just squats and he just looks at Ethan and says, come and get it. And he just kind of sits in front of this and you have to just crawl towards him and pick up the med kit and put it on his leg yeah, and never got get that. your leg back on again. Never got that. He doesn't actually let me, attack you. Let me, have a, let me have a look for that on YouTube. While you do that as well, let's talk about the world's worst policeman. He's uh, terrible. What a dickhead. So he knocks on the window. Ethan goes over to the window and tells him shit is crazy in here. Uh, the policeman says uh, he's heard about missing persons reports and he wonders if Ethan, Ethan is involved, yet then inexplicably gives him his knife. I definitely didn't get this, mate. Did you not? No. I wonder how that's triggered then. Yep, did not get that. Yeah, I just got down the hatch and got away. <laughs> Weird. I knew I hadn't seen that before. I thought it was a death scene. I just, I was like, oh, he's got me. Never mind. But it's not. He lets you heal yourself and then he chases you again. Really, <laughs> co really cool that you could completely miss that. Um, uh, and another thing I find totally hilarious which is not saying anything good about me in this podcast whatsoever is the bit where you're in the garage talking to the policeman and Jack just kind of like slices a bit of his head off and hand basically hands it to you with a shovel. Just <laughs> what a death scene just right through one of his eyes. Uh, and this is where we have the sort of, well, I guess it's more of a mini boss fight, isn't it? Where you can, <laughs> where you can run Jack over in a car for a bit. Yeah. Um, I quite like that. yeah I, yeah I, again that's another super I just found Jack so intensely terrifying he, yeah he is I'm assuming you managed to get into the car and because and, and, like I said to you if you don't get in the car he gets in the car and runs after you in it yeah um I think I did that this time I think the first time I played it um I didn't I mean you you run him over a lot and he keeps getting up yeah and eventually he doesn't get up but then he lands on the roof of the car. <laughs> grabs the wheel and tries to force you to drive into these girders which he impales himself on um 
And then he gets up again as the car's going to explode and grabs you as you're trying to climb up a ladder. What, what an incredible set piece all, all yeah. round. Just so over the top, so ridiculously gory and hilarious. Just utter schlock. And I love it. It just, yeah. Jack is in a brilliant character. Um, once we, once we've dealt with him, um, we get another phone call from Zoe. Uh, she says something about, uh, he used to be my dad. He's not my dad anymore. Um, the game then starts to really open up. Um, we do a lot more exploring of the house, a lot more puzzling. This is where it starts to feel a lot more like a Resident Evil game of old. Yeah. Getting keys. Um, Jack does come back at one point. Um, I felt like the house was almost a shrunk down mini version of the pre- the, the yeah. police station. Like Even the stairs, I don't know if it was deliberate, where just felt very similar to the it just felt like the 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 foyer area just felt very similar yeah what do you feel about um the fact that (laughs) they do and forever have have this um mechanic where the enemies just won't (laughs) won't go in a save room which is even funnier when you've placed it inside this person's own house and he just won't go in the laundry room yeah and they've not even hidden it it's not like a bit under the floorboard it's not a secret room <laughs> it's, it's just, just a, yeah it's just well you've seen the state of their house they've not been in they've not done much washing recently have they no i mean i think that i, I was you know i was laughing at it and mocking it to myself but then he was still out there when i went back out again it looked like he'd gone so he kind yeah. of runs towards me i go in the laundry room shut the door and think ah dickhead i'm gonna go use your tape player now but when <laughs> i open the door he looks like he's gone but he's not he's like right round the corner that's when I realised, you know, you can start shooting him to, to down him. Uh, so he becomes less of a threat than he felt like he was early on in the game when you didn't have a weapon. At least it's, that now you can sort of fight back. We get one of our the old twisty-turny shadow puzzles, which is, they're all right. I like the fact that Ethan said, who builds this shit after he manages to get it work, which goes back to that original Resident Evil podcast we did as Gamertron, where we kept laughing about like, these weird things people set up in their own house to get into places. Still quite funny that this family somehow managed to program a puzzle that involves twisting an object to manipulate its shadow onto a painting that then burns yeah. into the painting and opens a door. I mean, you like, could only do it once, really, could you? It's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like if, you, if you leave your phone in the room before you lock the door, you're like, oh, well. Uh, oh well i've got to go all the way to go find the fucking little weird eagle thing before i can yeah. go get that back yeah <laughs> uh, once we've gone through that door we then go down into like the basement area which is where we meet the molded um they suck right they're just shit and this area is not fun down no, down in the like basement I, this... I actually don't enjoy any i just don't enjoy that enemy at all i don't think i don't think they're not fun they're not they're not particularly affecting. I just they don't look good. They don't they don't even really fit in the obviously no, they there's a they don't they're, fit they're to me. They're explained, but yeah, they obviously yeah. That's what I was going to say. They're, they're obviously explained, but it just doesn't feel like the rest of the game. No. Well, actually, it feels like the end of the game. It feels like the mind. Yeah, section. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There has to have been. Just, a, I guess there has to be a way for them to like give you a way to fight back at something without then just going killing because there's only four family members so if you went and yeah. killed them all the game's over so i understand they tried that but this this was a miss big time for me yeah yeah i remember absolutely. this is the bit you used you basically gave yourself a, a bit of a hiatus because you hated this bit so much 
that it wasn't until I kind of had to guide you through how much to do before you go get the shotgun and come back to learn from the mistakes that I made before it became really something you'd actually want to go and do because things like the boiler room where there's three of them in there you don't have mm-hmm. the shotgun you're just not going to survive that yeah yeah i just i never had fun and I, I whenever i came out of the sections that those things were in i just felt frustrated and glad glad it was over um, yeah. which is not what you're shooting for if you're designing a game no um we when we're getting the shotgun we get we see a letter in grandma's room that talks about how marguerite's got this fungal infection in her brain which kind of links back to evelyn and is explained as the game goes on um we end this section with our final fight with no it's not sorry (laughs) what we think is the final fight with jack uh where we have this big chainsaw fight um which again you're not necessarily gonna have a chainsaw fight if you don't know that you can grab a chainsaw as well um i love the evil dead reference when he picks it up and says groovy and ethan says it's not groovy um <laughs> but uh i really enjoy it this is mm, quite possibly along with the car thing it's probably my favorite boss fight and i watched you play this on a stream and you sounded like you were really enjoying it even though you were fr- scared and tense yeah you were enjoying um, this I, chainsaw fight yeah i yeah i find that that extremely intense and you really got my adrenaline going i think we'll, we'll, we'll speak about the other boss fights in the game um, oh, i yeah. think this is my favorite because it just yeah it, it it just feels frantic and yeah yeah it's just frantic and claustrophobic in a way that the other ones aren't uh, um i yeah, think the other totally. ones are either stupid or they just stray into frustration um, and they and they also stray into this is my final form memes don't they yeah absolutely um so we get after we've done that we this is we get a phone call from zoe who tells us she kind of tells us more about this infection that they've all got and says we need to get a serum set together so we can cure mia and zoe and get out of there um unfortunately the serum's going to be where our mum is in the old house which is where we then go on to like the next section of marguerite baker in her old house which is infested with these uh, insects in the sacks and these bugs um, it's a nice way to get the achievement for killing an enemy with a knife, nice and easy. But yep. you tried to kill a lot of the sacks with the knife, didn't you? Before you got the flamethrower, and they were just wrecking you. Yeah, yeah, I was just like swinging my knife about. It was a I just ran at them. I did. I did a lot of. Um, I did a lot of that in the game, though. Instead of because I just found like running away from a lot of the enemies quite unsettling. So I I defaulted yeah. to just face them down <laughs> and unload on them. <laughs> Yeah, I do find that, I mean, it's probably my fault because obviously we've spoken about the, the ammo, ammo scarcity already. But I just have an inherent need to, to kill anything that comes near me. Running away is, I have to really force myself to do it. Um, you know, I, maybe I'll run away to get a better shot at them, but I certainly don't often find myself leaving things to just chase me and try and escape and hide and come back. I always feel like I want to shoot them. Um, yeah, which which I did to to Marguerite at one point where I wasted all my burner ammo and realised she doesn't care about it, so I just had to reload a save and just run away from her. Um, before we see Marguerite, we see we see actually see Mia, uh, Mia again. She's on the other side of this fence in a cellar and she gets dragged out by Lucas. Um, and then we see uh, we do another little twisty turny shadow puzzle thing. Um, we get the whole stay the fuck out scene with Marguerite slamming the door in our face. 
Uh, and this is sort of um, where I feel like Jack was quite a scripted enemy and it feels like Marguerite is more of the Mr. X Resident Evil 2 prototype yeah. where she's mm-hmm. always somewhere um, and you just kind of, she definitely starts stalking you around. You can hear her in all the rooms, clomping about, shouting, calling you a, she called me a fucking shitcock at one point, <laughs> um, which is a cool insult. Well, accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I saw you actually took her out. You got an achievement, didn't you? Because you took her out. Yeah, and then she, just, she, doesn't, she never comes back, so you just get left to sort of explore, which I find much more yeah, you can go <laughs> easy in my emotions. In peace. Yeah. I don't um, really know what happened, though, because I I don't know. I must have killed her as I died, because I died and then came back, and she was gone. Like, she had like me pinned on the ground yeah. and was about to die. It happened really strangely for me. But yeah, she eventually just didn't come back. I think you had you had a lot of those bugs on you at the time, didn't you? Yeah, you used up almost all your ammo on her. I remember that. I remember seeing that, and then I sent you that video, didn't I, where I just saw her walking towards me and just shut a door in her face and walked off. Yeah, she that was even, so good. Didn't even notice me. Speaking of doors, actually, I really like how all the doors in this game are like animal themed, and you know which ones they are because they basically like stapled the animal to the door. <laughs> like the crow door just got a bunch of crows smashed into it and there's a snake around the snake door that's a cool way of subverting like the whole here's the armor key and the shield key and stuff we at one point you cr- you you do that the twi- the shadow puzzle again you crawl through that creepy crawly wall and we get over to the other side of this water bit we get the cr- <laughs> in my notes i've written we finally can have a crank over something that isn't near which is because we get the crank that was me trying to be funny we get the crow key eventually um, up from the outhouse and this is where we want to go get the serum from behind the crow door and as you're going into the crow door Marguerite busts out head right in the middle of the screen knocks Ethan down into a hole and then kind of sort of stands over the hole cooking up some bugs and you just unload on her until she falls in next to you I think I used oh, to yeah. use the burner for this I think you used I think you shotgunned her quite a bit yeah. down that hole uh, and we talked about this as well, didn't we? Where once you go through the crow door and you you find the formula for the serum and stuff, there's a door that's locked with a lantern on some scales. Yeah. You need the other lantern. When Marguerite first falls down there, there's no lantern in that hole if you check in there. But yeah. when you need the lantern, yeah, also, it's yeah. there again. It's there, yeah. Um, she then turns into like a spider woman and like crawls away with uh, multiple limbs. Um, yeah, it's really odd. And then we begin the the boss fight, um, where it's kind of hard to describe, really, because it's she she kind of jumps out in certain places, doesn't she? She starts off with a clear jump scare through a window, grabs you, and you've got to fight her off. That's right. Yeah. Then it sort of starts in earnest, where you're kind of walking around this greenhouse. She is she's appearing out of the floor or the ceiling. Uh, again, it's all claustrophobic and enclosed. You've basically got to shoot. What I called, what I described as her big bulging bug burger, where she's got like this disgusting like gusset undercarriage that she's using to give birth to bugs, and you just basically got to aim yeah. for that. Talk about this one. What did you think to this one compared to some of the other ones? This is still on the side of better than most. I think it's it's a it's a neat idea to have her like disappearing and coming back, but I feel like it's just a little bit too messy to be good enough. Yeah, I. 
I find a lot of this game, especially like the only way I can think to describe it is when I was like I try to remember the first time I went to Tea in the Park, which is a big music festival. If listeners have never heard of it in Scotland, it's like the premier. It's like the Glastonbury of Scotland. Anyway, yep. um, I went to that, and when I was there, we were a lot, a lot younger. And my my friends, girlfriend at the time, they just fought the whole weekend, <laughs> and I got far too drunk the first night, and then was just not feeling like I could drink the rest of the time, and I had. I remember having like zero fun the whole weekend and then I got home and I was like thinking back to all the bands I've seen and hanging out with mates and stuff and I was actually like oh that was fun in hindsight but actually <laughs> doing it I had no fun whatsoever yeah I feel like that's a lot of these fights and this boss fight in particular actually doing it didn't have any fun at all actively disliked it but then thinking back on it and thinking about what they did and how messy it felt but almost also deliberately messy um and how frantic it was and how you sort of come out of the experience sort of stumbling like you've just gone through an ordeal rather than come out nice and shiny and clean like you've just kicked ass yeah that's effective and it's it works it works for me in hindsight but in doing it it didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, it's like I suppose that is the way it is with with a horror film or or a game. You have to kind of, in retrospect, give them praise for how they gave you a bad time. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you really messed with me there, and I really didn't enjoy that. But I enjoy that I didn't enjoy that because yeah. it speaks highly of what you've done in your design for this. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't meant to enjoy it. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm kind of mixed on it. You're right. It's it's messy. It's schlocky and. It's for the the main frustrations I find. One well. is I've got a personal dislike. I don't like like flying enemies in games. I think they're annoying. <laughs> but setting that aside, because that's a personal issue. You really did hate them. They gave you so much trouble. <sighs> these things. Yeah. Um. Setting that aside, I was frustrated because I didn't think that the controls allowed me to move about in the way that the game was requiring me to move about to avoid and find Marguerite and things like that. Um, again, yeah, it was like a few things. Like a, I've got, a, I definitely can't decide feel if... that Resident Evil Village has upped the um, default look sensitivities and stuff because okay. it does feel really slow in this game. Yeah, um, with stuff yeah, flying felt... about and she's coming out of the ceiling and out of the floor. As you say, your your ability to react quickly enough, maybe by design, but it certainly doesn't help. Yeah, it's like like if someone was chasing me with an axe, I could shift. I could, yeah. I could get going. Like this guy just doesn't have any of that adrenaline running. He's just slowly plodding everywhere. He, he does goes. plod. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, mixed feelings on this boss. Right? Yeah. Uh, so after we've well, I, I crystallized there, I guess um, you go through to the kids' room, which uh. <laughs> They put like a stuffed crocodile right through the first door you go in, don't they? Or right on the floor by the bed, which again yeah. scared me, even though it's just clearly yeah. a kid's toy. And I think it's, this is where his, where his, um, this is, his light starts flickering, doesn't it, I think? And then it, it kind of eventually, his light goes out for some reason. Um, it's, it's a really horrible point uh, in the game because you've got that bit where you see the little girl's legs that you talked about, which really shit you up. Yeah. Um, they have these hor- the music is just horrible at this point it's like shrieking violins constantly yeah. going i think she unleashes a bunch of molded on you which i mean that's going to ruin anyone's fun um 
yeah, uh, but that's not fun at all. We we make our way through that. There's a big bastard at the end. Um, we get another call from Zoe. This time saying she's going to be in the trailer, which is out in the yard. Uh, she's not there, obviously. We get a phone call from Lucas to explain why, because he's kidnapped her as well as Mia. And we have to get these um, two key cards to make our way into his lair, I suppose. That's right. Um, this is where we have to go back to, to grab the snake key or use... Is it we use the snake key? Hang on. No, we use the crow key, don't we? You can go to the supply cupboard, that's right, and you get the grenade launcher. Then you have to get the snake key, and this is where the old granny's in the boiler room for absolutely no reason. Oh, yes, you get the snake key from inside the policeman's throat. We have to stick his oh, hand that's in. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's when Lucas, he gives you like a PA announcement and tells you about the two key cards. Um, and the house now has molded in it um, as we go in and start looking for them. There's not really much to say about that. You're basically just exploring the house, fighting off a few molded. Uh, the main yeah. thing that we do before, or you should do before you go to Lucas's area, is the happy birthday video, which oh, yes. is one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, it's another what I would describe as an homage from Capcom towards a different type of horror genre or a horror franchise. And sort of it feels very like Saw. Especially yeah. like the clown, yeah, the crazy you're right. Clown it's really doll. got a sore feel about it. Um, so we're actually going to do this section twice in the game. The first time doing it in the video is another foreshadowing of the way you do it later, which again I think is really clever. Um, so yeah, so you enjoyed that too. Yeah, yeah, I just thought this was a really cool section, and actually, in hindsight, they do sort of mess around with the different horror tropes, do they, throughout the game? Um, yeah. Good. Well done. Nicely, yeah. nicely done. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that we both popped all the balloons expecting to get an achievement for it and there wasn't one. Unless we missed one. I, I know did, I, I didn't. I, I, I hunted those bad boys. <laughs> Some of mine went out the room. They went back out the door I came in. So I had to go out and try and hunt around for them. Once we've got into Lucas's lair, there's loads of um, trip wires, exploding, <laughs> exploding crates. Um and you eventually get through to this barn where you have a, a fight with <laughs> what is supposed to be some kind of mini boss enemy, a big fat molded that pukes on you, which is very uh, left for dead. What was that? I don't know what the thing was called. Boom, not a boomer. That's from Gears of War. What are they called in Left for Dead? Oh, the the oh. Um. So yeah, this this big. Uh, the first time we see this big thing, and they were called boomers in Left for Dead. Um. You smashed him before he could even get out of the lift. Yeah. He caused, he caused me quite a lot of issue, but you just annihilated this fall. Yeah, I feel like um, he, he sort of got stuck. He oh, kept yeah. trying to walk into the wall. <laughs> um, so you must I have had the I perfect got, angle. With that. Yeah, yeah, he was sort of, I was like peeking around the lift trying to shoot him and he was sort of walking diagonally towards him a bit catching on the wall, so he just never managed to get out. Yeah, you must have fucked the, the AI pathing up. I think I did. Um... Yeah, so when you've killed that, you get in the lift that he was stuck in, in David's case, um, and you could go back up to the keypad door from the video. So because of the video, uh, we already know the password to the door, so we don't have to do getting the telescope out of the toilet, washing it off to reveal the code on the video wall. We don't have to do the, b the balloon that has nails in it. Oh yeah, a quill that, that you we should certainly yeah you should certainly realize has nails in it when I you mean, pick it up. You can get stuff out of a balloon fairly easily. Certainly a yeah. long quill, 
You didn't need to blow it up on yourself. I mean, it's, or just it's, stand out the way. Yeah, it's got, it's got nails in it, which are sharp by design. Just use one of them to make a hole in the yeah. balloon and grab it out. <laughs> you don't need to get um, scratched the words in your arm by the crazy clown dude. You can just go straight in, get the, uh, the valve handle, uh, turn off the water so you can put this lit birthday cake on the cake. For some reason, even though we've seen the video and we know how to get that far, Ethan still stands in front of the birthday cake, which explodes on him. Yep. But I think it's because we haven't taken the, um, what's it called? The little turning key out of the, I think it's supposed to be wine or something. But it could oh, be Oh, is that oil. how you don't die? Right, okay. Yeah, because the explosion then doesn't take the, you know, light the whole room on fire. Um, so then Lucas gets fed up with the fact that we haven't died and chuck, just chucks a stick of dynamite down there. Which you can lob through a hole in the wall, blowing uh, an extra entrance to his. Uh, it's like an observation room. Um, yeah. His chair is still spinning, but he is. You don't see the door close, so he must have spun that like an absolute maniac. Yeah, he got off out. it, spun it, ran it. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did it with his hand. Um, so we can then see on a monitor. We get this feed of of Mia and Zoe in the boathouse. They're chained up. We eventually get over there. Uh, Mia, gi- uh, sorry, Ethan gives Zoe the serum ingredients, and then he nicks them both off her when she's created them. <laughs> she's not happy about that. So you start before they can have the argument that's about to ensue. We get the this time final fight with Jack, who is now uh, just a big anthropomorphic shit. That smashes yeah. through the thing. Um, That's very Resident Evil. Oh, from my this experience is, yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't really like this one very much at all. Uh, nope. It's just, just like a, a box square that room with the two, eyes. Yeah. yeah. But, but some of his eyes are like underneath his body. So you have to wait for him to climb up to be able to hit him underneath. Yeah. I also found it impossible to predict his attack pattern so uh yeah because I, I kept trying to tell you didn't i over and over again i'll go the opposite floor he's on but he would like yeah jump at you leap off of it yeah you didn't seem to get this but when i was doing it you know the bit where he, he you like it looks like you've killed him but then he comes back to life and sort of grabs you by the leg oh, yeah. i had to reload my shotgun at that point and he basically like stun locked me for ages he just kept hitting <laughs> me before he could reload the shotgun so i, I took me ages to get a shot in on him so I used up all my health, I think, in that bit. Um, but eventually, of course, you kill Jack. He then crystallizes, finally, at the end of him. This is the point in the game where you have to make the choice that will affect your ending. Of which person, because you've used the serum to kill Jack, you stab it right in his face, there's only one left. Uh, so there's only one for either Mia or Zoe. Now, I think we both would have, by choice, picked Zoe because Mia just seems crazy and has not been any help whatsoever. No, she lied. She's not been any help. She cut my hand off. Yeah, she's not done a. She's not had a good round. No, and like I said, it's been three years. I've probably got another girlfriend by this point. Yeah. So, um, I picked Zoe. You picked Mia. So, in your story, you basically just get on the boat with her, and then something get on the boat you off with the her. boat. Yeah, get on the boat with her. She, he's like, you're not telling me something. There's something you're hiding from me. She's like, I can't remember anything. And he, she's like, he's like, well, there's something you're not telling me. And then you fall off the boat. Yeah. Um, in my version, you're on the boat with Zoe. Ethan then starts grilling her. Basically, the, and the reason that he, or the excuse as well that he gives to Mia at the time is like something like Zoe knows her way around here. 
she'll be better used to me to get help to come back for you. Something like that. Whereas Mia just looks really upset and just kind of, she just stands looking really glum on the docks as you go off. But then, so we kind of get the same sort of explanation that you get with Mia, but Zoe starts saying, oh, Mia came here with Evelyn on, on a boat. And Ethan says, what boat? And then, and then a giant tanker just appears around the corner. <laughs> Zoe at that point then calls Evelyn a bitch, I think. Does he call her a bitch? She does something. She says something about Evelyn anyway. And she then, Evelyn clearly hears Zoe say it. And Zoe starts going mental and screaming, sorry, Evelyn, I'll be good, I'll be good. And Evelyn just turns her to, like, just crystallizes her. She just disintegrates in front of us. So. Oh, does she? Absolute waste of serum. Because <laughs> she lasts about two she minutes. She dies. Well, she does die, it looks like. But there's one of the DLCs is called End of Zoe. And apparently that's set after she's been crystallized. I don't really know how they spin that. Because I've not played it. Which, yeah. So that explains why later on in the game you sort of speak to the ghost of Jack and Zoe's with the ghost of Jack. Because they're already both dead. I can't figure out when that's supposed to be, you know. I really don't know what that's... Whether that is like a a ghost or... I I couldn't figure it out. Because there doesn't seem to be any point in time where Jack could have said that to Ethan. Otherwise we'd have seen it. Yeah. Really I assumed strange. it was you were just somehow speaking to the ghost of Jack. Oh, okay. That's what um, I assumed. There was just obviously I I assumed there's something left of of them after Mia's finished. Um, Evelyn's finished with them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, even if you've left Mia on the docks, we we still wake up on the wreck ship as Mia. Uh, and just in front of us, we see Ethan curled. See, this is yeah. I think I think what it's supposed to show is like when you get knocked off that thing. I was thinking that he somehow sees Jack on the ship at some point, but he's dead. So you're right. It must be like a I don't know a ghost or something. It's a good point. Um. So yeah, we see Ethan like curled up on the floor, and uh, as you go, as Mia goes over to sort of help him up, he gets covered in all the black tentacles and the tar stuff. Um. And so now we're playing as Mia. We don't have any weapons or anything. Um, And there's lots of hallucinations and flashbacks of like crew members talking to each other about how Evelyn's killed everybody. There's that thing on the stairs where all the people have like just piled on down the stairs and they're all glooped together. Um, We eventually then come across what appears to be Evelyn on some stairs. She says something to Mia about she's tired of waiting for them to be a family and then she runs off behind this locked door. You have to run away from some moulded to get a fuse to get out of there again. Um, And we find Evelyn watching TV and she she says that Mia needs to watch what's on the TV so they can be a family. But I mean, when you actually watch it, that doesn't help Evelyn's case at all. If anything, it makes it worse. Yeah. It reveals how they're definitely not a family. So the video starts with me attending to this guy called Alan, who is uh, he's already infected and he blames himself for Evelyn escaping. Um, Mia is also apparently some kind of badass soldier woman. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I I may we need may need to do some reading around that to figure out what the hell's going on there. Yeah, she apparently when Evelyn was being programmed, she was programmed to not attack Mia, which is why she doesn't kill you at any point. Right. Okay. Um, and there's a note in that room as well that says that Mia is a caretaker and she's in this special operations division. So she's charged with transferring Evelyn to the Central American branch 
Um, she has to act like Evie's mum, manage her vitals using that codex thing on her watch, and if the mission goes compromised, then she's got to dispose of Evelyn. Um, she, her watch can also track uh, Evelyn as well. So we follow like the watch, co- yeah, whatever it is, coordinates, whatever. Yeah. Follow that around. Initially, she just finds like a big pile of puke in a kitchen and says, oh, she's vomiting. Um, she's vomiting. And then we see Evie run into a lift, uh, which obviously has a monster in it when you bloody walk in. It comes out the ceiling. Yep. Um, so we have to take the lift down to follow her. I think apparently, I've written in here that I missed loads of items, apparently. Uh, oh, I, kept mis- I kept missing loads of chem fluid, so I had like no proper health stuff. I was just using herbs and not healing fully. Oh, were you? Okay. You, uh, I mean, neither of us are a fan of Evelyn at all. I mean, as you said, <laughs> you said you need to get a smack bum if you were her <laughs> caretaker. Uh... She calls it, she calls me a mummy at one point, and she says she doesn't want to live in the lab anymore. She wants to live in a house, which, as we know, in this, this is, as, as this is a flashback, she does get to live in a house at some point. She gets to grow old in the house as well, which is lovely. Oh, um, nice. She runs away again to a lift to take up to the third floor. Doesn't hold the lift door for us because, as we've said, she has no manners. Um, the emergency system kicks in. Uh, the, when we get in the lift, it kind of stops halfway between the first and the second floor. If you go back to check on Alan, he's gone. There's a note on the wall saying Evie's upstairs. Well, no shit, mate. We just saw her getting a lift. We already know that. Um, so we have to walk up to the third floor. And sorry, it's Alan who calls Evie a bitch, and then she crystallizes him because she can hear him. Which oh, just makes yes. me think of that Simpsons episode where Bart can hear everybody and everyone has to smile all the time and be really oh, yeah. have fun. Then Evelyn covers Mia in tar after she's killed Alan, and then Mia wakes a bit later. That's when she goes to the laptop. That's when she records the video that we see at the beginning of the game for Ethan. And then the video is about to end when this dude comes running towards you that Evelyn explodes. You were totally casual about that. Um, what bit was that? So this is right near the end of the video where you're like, you're chasing Evelyn. You get to like this really long corridor right next to the windows oh, yeah. of the ship. Some guy runs screaming towards you and he just explodes right in front of you. I tried to shoot him because I thought he was an enemy. Um, but I suppose it's a video, so my ammo doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> um, and then and then Evelyn kind of like, she blows all the windows out, doesn't she? She throws Mia out of the ship into the water. Yep. Which I assume is how Mia ends up at the Baker family house. She must have... Just got blown... Swamped blown her way back. House. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the end of our machine gun, unfortunately. Um, we then, it then just... We have to go get it again from the captain's cabin. This this bit felt like needlessly padded after the video's over because obviously yeah. Mia says we're never going to be a family. You're a little twat. Yeah, um, absolutely. Evelyn does that stupid laugh right up in the front of the camera and then disappears so she doesn't need you anymore. Um, one thing I did like, there's a, there's a bit um, where you get a handgun where you get it from that guy who's like reaching. He's dead, but he's like reaching on a drawer, a handle of a drawer. Like he was just about to get his gun, but oh, he died right, yeah, right yeah, yeah. in the throes yep. of trying to grab it. That's a really cool little little image. Shortly after that, we get to see the video. We get the flashback when we find Ethan of Jack talking to Ethan, saying he never wanted to hurt anybody. They found Evelyn. She infected her whole family with her gift, his whole family with her gift. Um, and then they're connected with her and they just, they just can't resist her. That's why they're all mental. We're now playing as Ethan again. 
So this bit, this is a bit that was different for us as well. So let me tell you what happened for my one, and you remind me what happened with you, yours. Okay. Because in my one, as you awake as Ethan inside that weird cocoon thing that he's in, you can hear on the outside Mia's there. She pleads with Evelyn, like, don't kill him, don't hurt him. Evelyn says she's not going to hurt you, so Mia frees you. Um, but then she can't resist Evie. She, she then just goes mental anyway. So she then goes straight. She gives you the tissue sample, but then becomes possessed again and just whips a knife out. You're able to grab a crowbar as Ethan. And eventually then I, you stab the crowbar through Mia's stomach and she crystallizes and dies. What happened in your one? Because she doesn't do that to you, right? No. So I, kill, me- I killed her in my game. She's dead now. I've, I have to fight Mia and she, I kill her. Straight in the gut. Dead. Crystallized. She, she gets me out of the gunk and then she, she basically just bundles me out of the room saying, you have to get to the house. Oh, right. Okay. And then locks me out and locks herself in there with yes. Evelyn. I think I've seen that now. Yeah, you can see it like through the window on the door. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had to kill her. Oh, okay. I wonder why that's so different. Is that because you didn't pick her? Yeah, but I don't understand why. Because she, yeah, she just can't resist Evelyn. But I don't know if she says that in your one as well. But yeah, I had to kill her. She's yeah, not there. Weird. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you about the ending of the game because that's different as well later. Um. Oh, God. And this is basically now where we get into the mines. Uh, what I did find funny is that you've got all Mia's stuff. Which in my game, it was really nice of Mia to leave me all of her stuff while yeah, she was, was dying good. several yeah. hundred yards away. <laughs> it's just it's just in the box now. I'll just take all that machine gun out of the box from that person I just killed. <laughs> um, you see a picture of a helicopter. It's got the umbrella logo on it, which then, you know, foreshadows perhaps the fact that they were involved in this. Um, there's radio chatter where they start... You can hear people talking about the fact that they've searched the shack... They can't find Evelyn, and they seem to know about Ethan, and they know that you're in the mines, and they're on their way towards you now. Um, and in the mines, as we said earlier, it just kind of throws the baby out of the bathwater in terms of trying to be an atmospheric horror game, and it's just exploding dudes with, uh, what are they called? Remote bombs, yeah. shotgunning people in the tight caves. Uh, as we said, it's satisfying. Uh, it's just not very interesting. Yeah, I didn't like that section at all. I thought it was quite dull. Um, it was dull. Uh, it you're right. Like it's interesting. It's that's fine firing that shotgun, but yeah, it's just a dull, dull section. Yeah, the mines are very satisfying as well. Just you know, it feels like playing Goldeneye with the old remote mines again. Just kind of yeah. pressing a button to blow stuff up. They basically seem to. This is and this is where I started to say earlier that it was. It feels like this was just rushed at the end is that almost all storytelling in this last bit is through reading notes or laptops where they just try try and cram all the backstory in. You get a note that says, like I was talking about earlier, where Zoe's complaining to these guys about Evelyn, um, saying she has to, her parents have been controlled by her. She has to clean up all the mess from what her parents are doing and that Evie's suddenly started aging. There's a scientific note that says about um, Evelyn's ability to form organisms from all this fungus, which is how the molded come to be. They plan to use that in wars so that they can take over dead soldiers and POWs and make them their own soldiers. Um, it tells you how to cure the infection with this 
tissue sample, you've got to mix it with something to make a serum that can be fatal. And then you also hear about her being cultivated with a vicarian evolution fungus, they call it, which is how they created Evelyn in the first place and they gave her this appearance as a 10-year-old girl so she can fit into normal society to trick people into becoming her controlled slaves, effectively, and cause all this chaos. Yeah, I assume okay. they're going to send her into enemy countries to blend in with the people and infect them all and kill everybody is what apparently seems to be going on there yep um and then we're back to the house again yeah that section actually sorry just to um, yeah no go for it i actually thought that rambling on it wasn't it was a bit sort of like oh let's just stuff it all in here rush job but yeah that those bits at the end that were sort of given context everything that was going on was actually quite useful um, it's it's useful it's just a bit lazy that it's all just reading it so lazy so lazy and it was just like like it was like they got to that point in the game and thought oh we've got loads of stuff we need to wrap up here or yeah. and we've also got 25 years of history worth of <laughs> worth of resident evil games that we somehow have to crowbar into this experience so let's just smash it all in here in text and move on i mean how has no government cracked down on umbrella at this point i mean they do oh, everything that's bad in the world it's always yep. them yep um so we get back to the house now for the end this is the end game now where we combine this tissue sample with the d series stuff that we saw earlier the serum stuff in this briefcase to make make the e necrotoxin which pisses evelyn off she just sends loads of horde a horde of molded after us it's again just more shootery crap yeah. Um, you basically waste all your ammo. I think you lost almost all your ammo by the time you had the boss fight there, and you didn't have the magnum because you had yeah. enough of the coins. Um, so we get back. We we get back to the house. We squeeze through a through a crack in the mine. We end up back in the guest house. We see the the wheelchair in front of us, but the wheelchair is empty. There's no granny in it anymore. Um, this is where we find the picture you were talking about with the E zero zero one of Grandma. Mm. And then Ethan starts getting uh, all these visions of Mia um, running around with a chainsaw, um, trying to stab him. I probably shot her a couple of times for some stupid reason, even though it's definitely just a hallucination because I know I've already killed her. Um, The thing I didn't like about that is that it's not really obvious what you're supposed to do. I'm pretty sure I had to go up to the attic, then back down the stairs again, then back up to the attic. To get yeah, the I found that section. Yeah, it was so unclear what you were supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, that was a bit messy as well. I thought. And there's no, and again, there's no real, um, you know, there's there's no way you're gonna die. There's 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 nothing that's gonna stop you from doing it. You just have to. It's just trial and error. Just walk to a certain place to trigger this X to happen. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And when I got up there, I just got stunlocked to shit. Yeah, by, so did I. Uh, I actually died at that bit. Me too. Um, the timing seemed a bit weird. I, I was basically just kind of walking barely any distance and then holding the block button. Yeah, and I, I read the... I was I was like, how do you do this? Because I died and I was like, well, I'm obviously not doing it right. Oh, because so I'd gone by that guide. point, hadn't I? Yeah, I looked up a guide and it was just like, oh, you can't die at this section, so just make sure you run out there. And I was like... Well, I did, so... Yeah, that's bollocks. Yeah. Can't um, die. Yeah, it's, it's just annoying. That whole section, it's, it's a pet, another pet hate of mine. I've got many pet hates in video games, but another pet hate of mine is when 
like getting stun locked and having control removed from the player yes. through stun lock, I find incredibly irritating. And that was just stun lock central, that whole section. And, and, and you really, like, yeah, it just wasn't good. Just a letdown, right? I mean, yeah. she's the big bad. And I mean, she in, can't that, do I suppose in that you. form, then it's you just walk over and stab her in the neck with the with the e necrotoxin. Then, of course, she turns into granny. She's bleeding out of her eyes and says, why does everyone everyone... hate me? Yeah, (laughs) well, it's quite obvious. Sorry, Evelyn. It's quite clear why we don't like you. You're absolute lunatic. Yeah, I mean, as a little girl, she was shit. As a granny, she was all right. Yeah, she just kept herself to herself. Yeah. She's good company. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's always where, you know, she's always around, even when you don't want her to be there. She's, (laughs) you know, she's, she's mobile enough. She can get under her house. Yeah. Um, she then, ugh, fucking hell. She melts into the ground and then she like materializes as like a big face blob in the wall, um, uh, which you shoot her in lots of times. Uh, she eventually chucks you out of the house. I felt like in this fight, it felt like I was, um, I like losing or dying so many times, but it just kept carrying on. Because <laughs> doesn't she like she chucks you out of the house, she stabs you in the leg. Like I kept thinking that that was my death scene. Like oh yeah. fuck, I'm gonna have to do it again, and it just never happened. Yeah. No. Then, uh, as the last time you get lobbed to the floor, your watch rings, and somebody who I don't think we ever really find out who that is, unless it's Chris Redfield. I just assumed it was Chris Redfield. Tells you to pick up the gun, which is called Albert Zero One, which, as you asked me the other day, and I've now seen confirmed, is a reference to Albert Wesker. Right, really okay. subtle one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't even really understand what that gun's doing. It seems to have some kind of, like, hydraulic shit going on, yeah. right? Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, but it, she hates that shit. She does not. Give, I, I take it that wouldn't that type of gun wouldn't just work in Resident Evil The Village, because why have they not all got them? Well, you can get you can get it if you play well, you? New Game Plus. Yeah, you have that cool. gun, I think. And then, you know that that kills her. It's a really shit last boss. It's not difficult at all. No, it's it's purely cinematic. Which, again, as we've said, payoffs are difficult, especially in horror. She was gonna have to turn into something menacing, but it just wasn't. It just wasn't difficult. It was the easiest boss yeah. fight of the whole game. Yeah, even the little girl was harder because we yep. didn't know what we were doing. You didn't know what we were going to do. Yeah, you couldn't shoot her. Um, so after you've crystallized big old granny, uh, you get this helicopter sort of hovering above, all these dudes rappel down. Uh, it's Chris Redfield for some reason. What an absolute heel turn he's had. So he um, works for Umbrella, does he? It would appear so. An Umbrella trying to clear up? That's what Ethan says. It sounds quite kind of naive when he says that, doesn't he? he says, so oh, does these guys Mia also work for Umbrella as well, then? Well, so what did I say she was, was a member of? Special Operations Division. Sod. Yeah, she's a big old sod. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll look that up in a second. Um, try and we'll see if we can actually get an idea on whether Mia is Umbrella and what's actually going on so we don't come off the end of this being totally clueless. But just to compare endings, uh, I'm assuming your ending was quite nice. Mine, uh, Ethan, is looking at the horribly destroyed house of the Bakers, watching a video of Mia on his phone, 
Uh, and then he throws it out the helicopter into the into the bayou, and that's it. He just chucks his phone out. <laughs> just says, "Oh well, me, you know, me and Mia, we got you know it was really good, but that's over now. Just got to move on." Chucks his phone out, <laughs> like he probably should have done three years ago to avoid any of this shit. Yeah, uh, and that's it. What a cold son bitch. I think in your ones, Mia's there though, isn't she? She's yeah. So I'm looking. I'm I'm forlornly looking at the helicopter as I'm taking off, and then he looks down, and Mia's on a gurney, yes. just like lying all messed up, and he just goes, "Mia," <laughs> like he's shocked to see her. Like yeah. she would have been there the whole time that he was standing looking, um, and then yeah. he's, like, <laughs> he's got on the helicopter. He's sat yeah. there. He's taken off. <laughs> um, a really and good then point. that kind of fades away. I think. Yeah, well, you're, you, that's obviously the canon ending because that sets yeah. up Resident Evil Village. Because in my Resident Evil 7 ending, there is no Mia. So how she turns up in Village with having had a baby with Ethan is a bit weird. Yeah, um, you just have to forget about your ending. So, yeah, just have to, you know, just suspend my disbelief. Put your differences aside. Um, so let's have a look. Shall we see if we can figure out if Mia is actually Umbrella? Oh. Okay, well, I think... We potentially may have um, some spoilers for Resident Evil 8 if we delve too far into this. So I think we're actually going to find out more about what Mia does in Resident Evil Village. Right, okay. That's good. That's interesting. Because she's definitely... She's something. She's some sort of badass. Uh, She she works for... Yeah. She works for some... uh, An organisation that we will talk about in the next pod because it's going to spoil stuff for me (laughs) as well so i don't know i haven't got that far yet but i just clicked on i looked at her on the wiki i clicked on who she works for or she's a former operative for and it took me to a sort of stuff about resi 8 so to be continued on that one but that's the end of a game that largely achieved its aim of reinvigorating resident evil um and i love that that they have carried this story on alongside some remakes of the classic games everybody likes because it feels like resident evil's catering on two fronts both of which i really enjoy um mm-hmm. so i i was a big fan of this game uh, i was so surprised when it came out because as i said i i really was against it being first person i thought this is going to be nothing like the games i want it to yeah. be like it's not like the old ones but it actually is i mean Maybe to a fault, because the stuff like the, the inventory management and the, the box is shit. And luckily, they've finally realized that that is shit for Resident Evil 8, because you don't have any item boxes. All your key items and your treasures and stuff are all kept in different inventories, and you have them all the time. Okay. So they've clearly, they finally got the quality of life right. They just didn't get it right for Resident Evil 7, which is one of its low points, as well as the shooting. But you said to me at the end of it that you, you were glad that we'd ended up playing it. So I was worried you were going to hate this and want to give up half, you know, before you got past the molded bit. But I'm assuming you obviously came around on it somewhat. Yeah, I th- again, like I, I, this sounds like such a cop-out, but I do think I had more fun with it in hindsight than I did at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's got some genuine moments of brilliance um but it all too often falls flat on its face um in my opinion i i think the 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 game while you're in the house is to me is is 
No, it's not even that because like there, yeah, there's bits and pieces that I just find deeply frustrating that I think if I wasn't playing this for a podcast, I might have fallen off it. But I'm also glad that I finished it because overall, I do think it's a good game and I think there's there's a lot to offer. And actually, I'm slowly, slowly developing a bit of a a soft spot for Res- the Resident Evil franchise, even if it does irritate me endlessly. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I think it's I think it's a good horror. Um, it's like, definitely a good horror. It's, now that we've yeah. now that we've discussed it, in like the problems that the horror genre has, almost vocalizing it may kind of gives gives this or shines a more favorable light to me on the on the on the game. Um, like we're talking about the problems it has and how how a lot of the things are messy, but they're messy by design and they're messy deliberately. Yeah, I I can I can see both ways on that i can see why it's frustrating it's deeply frustrating but i can also see why it helps ratchet up tension and create atmosphere um in terms of atmosphere that first half of that game is phenomenal it's, it, it's one of the phenomenal. most effective yeah horror experiences i think i've ever yeah. had in a game yeah um to be as then, un- uneasy as i was having already played it this time around show yeah it speaks to the quality of how well the atmosphere is created in that yeah, um, I think I, I I just think that mind section at the end is just such a shame because even if they had done what they did, as in like have you walk through areas and shoot things, even if they had just pushed you back into the house again, I think that would have been better than sending you down a bland mine that is just surrounded by stone. Yeah, um, there's not really any explanation for it being there. It's just, no. It just doesn't serve any. But the ship was okay yeah well resident evil likes to to turn you turn like location on its head doesn't it It loves to like put you in a an old gothic house and then smash it into a science that's resident evil one that's what it's all based upon the the spencer mansion was really a, a, a front for a massive lab under the ground um and it's 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 funny as well because the the guy that uh, directed this, he directed Resident Evil Revelations, which is entirely set on a ship. Well, no, actually not entirely, but that one is set on a ship for a long time as well. So yeah. he clearly uh, loved that idea and had to shoehorn it back in again. Um, Seems like it. The mine yeah. just didn't need to be there. That They, they no. could have got rid of all of that. It was, yeah, really needless padding. After yeah. some padding had already really started to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think it... You could have shaved a couple hours off the game and it yeah. would have been perhaps more effective. But I think overall, for a game that seemed... For a series that seemed dead, completely dead... Yeah, you're right. Um, it's a nice... It's nice to look at the Resident Evil franchise with some promise again. If I guess, like, to give some closing... My closing thoughts on the game and then you can give yours, I'd probably... Like, good points, atmosphere, the... The... The Jack, for the most part, is fantastic, and that him. opening section of the game is great. Um, I love the house. I love the I love Evelyn on in her wheelchair. That and it like yeah. just recreating a world that is unsettling and makes you feel just completely ill at ease for the whole time you're playing it up to a point is fantastic, and it achieves all its aims. Um, bad points, it loses its way, I think, a little bit and becomes a bit messy at points. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's I guess I guess overall good, but with with some strong caveats for me. Yeah, it felt like um, 
the first steps. It really felt like a, a, a yes. first attempt kind of game where they kind of Absolutely. ran out of of knowing what to what to do for for a whole game. It's like a you know when a when a successful TV show becomes a, a film and they can't they can't pan it out for an hour and a half when they're used to doing twenty minute episodes. It kind of feels a little bit like that. They had to run it on to a, a reasonable length to give you your money's worth, but didn't really have this the, the content to actually fill that. Yeah. I think the biggest the biggest respect that I can have for it is that it, it did something that the series hadn't done before and it managed to evoke the feeling of the, the current horror trends in gaming, like your Outlasts, like your Amnesias, like PT, where it's is this first person kind of really um, overwhelming, uneasy game, but you still have the ability to fight back. You're just really limited in what you can actually do. Yeah. So to be a horror game that actually, you know, horror games took on this kind of trope of we're going to take, you're not going to be able to fight anybody back. Everybody's going to kill you. Alien Isolation is another one. Like you're going to get instant killed by everybody. You basically just have to hide under beds and in wardrobes and stuff. This game never had to do that to be scary. It still gave you the tools to fight back. It just limited what you were doing and it built its atmosphere so strongly that it felt like you were never going to stand a chance even if you had the tools to do it. So that's, yeah. I think, is, is its biggest strong suit. And then, of course, by the end, you have too many tools and the enemies in front of you are pathetic and just boring. So it's still in probably in my top five Resident Evil games along with things like 4, the to the remake of one um so, so where would it be number five four three two one i did rank them i sent you a text in on i ranked them and i bet i didn't star that message and i wish i had because i definitely did rank them at one point when we talked about it potentially doing like an actual ranking of the series yeah i would say it's probably going to be somewhere around four or five for me because it's not, I, I would pre- say i prefer the remake of two the remake of one and four it might be number four then thinking about it uh because i mean again you're talking you're going back to the original stuff like original resi 2 resi 3 code veronica they're all great but they've aged quite a lot yeah so yeah it'd be in my top five for sure i mean you've only probably you you yourself have probably only played about five so default straight in there yeah i think it would be a toss-up for me between Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I was a big fan of that one as well. I thought... Oh, that's excellent. That's really my, excellent. I like Resident Evil, the Resident Evil 1, um, but it would probably be number three for me purely because I think the... Pu- I don't like some of the puzzling in it. I think it's overly obtuse just because it's a product of its of its time. Um, yeah. I love a puzzle in a horror game. That's why I love the Resi game so much. And this one... Uh, they weren't too bad they weren't they probably could have been a little bit more difficult i like a, i love a puzzle and i like a difficult puzzle as long as it's got logic to it it's not like you know like the, the secrets of monkey island puzzle where you've got oh, to give God. like a guy in a prison a cake or something or an egg or a bar of soap you've, that makes no sense to, got to use a, isn't there one point where you've got to use like a rubber chicken on a zip wire or something yeah yeah as long as it makes sense hmm. that's where i'm at good game caveats looking forward to eight which is our next game uh yeah and i've played quite a lot of it and it is very different to this um this is the resident evil 4 to resident evil 7's resident evil 1 or whatever it is i'm looking forward to getting into it i took a bit of a palate cleanser break but i think now we've done this podcast i need to start in earnest with eight now 
yeah it's um definitely mechanically a a, a lot stronger of a game mm. it feels a lot more modern to play which is weird considering this game we're talking about is four years old it's not that old yes yeah, not that old um but yeah i'm really looking forward to talking about that one um i guess that's all we that's all we got that's all we got time for send them home dave well, I guess if you want to chat about, hopefully you want to chat about this game with us, tell us your thoughts, tell us what you like, tell us if we're talking rubbish, you can tweet us at a winner is you pod. You can also send us an email at uh, to a winner is you pod at gmail.com. Um, I would also say good, good enough to highlight and promote our podcast is goombastomp.com. So, check out that website it's a sort of classic video game website that does reviews and feature articles all things video game related they do loads got, on there now yeah yeah have you got anything you want have you got anything in the pipeline that you want to talk about on I the old not, uh, i don't think so no just all in on the resi. podcast just just yeah um, just loving resident evil month or fortnight or whatever it's going to be i have if you want to check out something i've been up to you can ch- head on over to gamingrespawn.com where I've recently written a review for Steel Titans 2 which is a terrible well it's not a terrible it's a monster truck game that manages to perfectly thread the needle between extreme competence and it's just extremely competent it's neither bad nor good in a way that leaves me feeling completely bland about it which is a bit of a shame yeah. but yeah head over there and look at that if you want to see what else we're up to but the thing you actually need to do is Write a review on iTunes for us, please. Yes, or wherever you're listening to this, give us a rating or a review. We have actually had a, had a third one. Oh, we've good. Had a, we've had another five star, so somebody's done it. Probably somebody from Goomastomp. So whoever that was, Hopefully. cheers. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I guess with that, that brings us to the end of the Resident Evil 7 podcast from A Winner Is You. And I guess with that, I've been David. He has been Alex. We have been A Winner Is You, and I'm out. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.